Welcome to the podcast that explores mysterious disappearances, bizarre worldly occurrences, strange phenomenon, and basically everything that's weird. Welcome to the podcast, Everything That's Weird. We are your host, Brandon and Anthony. And tonight, we are talking about Malaysian Flight 370. That went missing. Somewhere over the Indian Ocean, at least that's what some people think. Or mm-hmm. some people think it made it to Antarctica or Madagascar or <laughs> Kazakhstan or aliens. <laughs> Um, Okay, so Right off the bat If you remember I remember this Mm -hmm. um, I just thought it went into the ocean Yeah (laughs) And and, uh, I You know, like right off the bat um, I was like, well, I mean It crashed in the ocean, the ocean's big Mm -hmm. Um, You know It probably broke up Into a bunch of different pieces yeah, they they're like, we can't find it. I'm like, well, of course you can't. Yeah, I mean, they knew exactly where the Titanic went down, and it took them how long to find that, you know? Right. So, I didn't think it was much of a mystery, and then I kind of started looking into it, and there is there is some mystery to it. There's there's a few weird things that happen, mm-hmm. and what, what you'll see when we're finished telling the stories is a lot of different governments pointing at the other governments mm-hmm. and probably what led to this was um, people didn't want their technology known so they kind of held records close to the chest in the name of national security not just us but mm-hmm. a lot of different nations yeah, when you when you say you have something, you have proof of it, then you have to explain how you have proof of it. Right. So, Malaysian Flight 370, um, it took off from Kuala Lumpur uh, en route to Beijing, and it had 227 passengers, um, a crew... Of 12 um, and it set course now I am there's no way I can go through I just don't have enough expertise to get through all the different communications systems that they have yeah because the very first thing I thought was how can you just disconnect a transponder and then what the, that's it but mm-hmm. there was like a series there were a series and that's kind of how they end up tracking it but there's a series of communication devices with the ground and the plane where they communicate yeah they call it a handshake right and it'll <laughs> ask for a login the whatever system it is will ask for a log, log uh, like a login um, and you'll have to, you know, you come on and you say Malaysian flight 1370, you know, mm-hmm. and you kind of register. And then there's like, 
beyond all that, there's just, you know, the regular communication where they're in and out of airspaces and they'll check in with air traffic control. So, um, it is also important to say they haven't found the black boxes either. No. Okay. Um, but it takes off and it, it sets up to take off the correct way. And it's, it's supposed <laughs> to be going the direction it's, it's going. But then somewhere um, like an hour into the flight, it just for no reason takes a turn and heads sort of in the opposite direction. Yeah, like it starts heading back to the Malay Peninsula where it right. took off from. Um, and then it crosses and when it gets across and back into uh, like over water, over, over like the, <coughs> it's called the, the sea, I've never even heard of this, Andaman Sea. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was not familiar with that at all, but it, then it takes like another um, turn. It mm-hmm. almost makes like an M. Yeah. So it takes like it takes like another turn and heads like north, north like away from Beijing. So yeah, it's, it was it's going north like north uh, west. Right. So it's the complete opposite direction of where it was heading to start off with, mm-hmm. and then it turns again and starts to head towards Antarctica. At least that's yeah, just what start, they breaks south and, and across the open water. Right, so the last bit of communication was with the Vietnamese um, air traffic controllers where they pass them off basically and they tell them, you know, um, to switch over to another air traffic control and check in with them and when they do the last thing flight uh, 370 says the captain says alright good night mm-hmm. and that is the last time anybody hears from them after that the transponder is off or turned off yeah it was switched off they said which t- makes you in basically, according to civilian radar, once you do that, just a civilian radar, mind you, it makes you like basically invisible. So they've tried. They tried to establish voice contact with them mm-hmm. several times, um, and you know they didn't. And this is this is pretty quick into the flight, so. At this point, they'd only been up. Um, they'd only been up in the air less than an hour, right? But when they first started, when they first made their turn, right? The first turn, yeah. So there's a system called ACARS, and it's an acronym, but it's another one of these like data transmitter devices that kind of keeps track of the plane this this is what we were talking about where it it logs on and you kind of give your yeah hey we're here um but it's it's got nothing 
Um, and then several different people are missing it on their radar or it shows up and then it and misses. And that's kind of like, that's kind of like where it's at. It's so after this point, after he says goodnight, nobody really talks to him, the captain or the first officer. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of it. But there are um, a, a myriad of different types of passengers on the plane. And right off the bat, they, they kind of immediately start going through everybody's, you know, um, who they are, what they do. and yeah, Their history and, and all that. Right. And they come across, there's two people that are, they're stowaways. They're on fake passports. Mm-hmm. And they kind of go after them right away, but then they realize they're just trying to defect. Yeah, they're just trying to they they use their passports as a way to get out of um, the country they're from. So that's kind of it. The plane mm-hmm. takes off from Kuala Lumpur on way on its way to Beijing and makes a series of weird maneuvers and turns, and then. After like you know an eight hour flight, it's believed that they ran out of gas, mm-hmm. but they don't really even have that. All this, all this information though was pieced together later because honestly, when they there was a point where they were just hoping that the plane would arrive at its destination on time, right. You know, they were they were sitting there like waiting, and it, it didn't. When it didn't show up, that's when they were like, "Okay, there's something wrong." And it was like, that's when they started going back through, and they started pinging all this. Like Perth, Australia was pinging the plane too from uh, one of its transmissions that it it does this handshake they call it where. It sends out a signal, and that signal is accepted by the plane. The plane sends a signal back, and it's and it's just saying that there's a communication link established there. Like, not the communication happened. It just it it talked to its communication device and, and registered it. So and, they right. found all that stuff out. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, they sure. were like literally sitting at the airport with their fingers crossed, waiting for the plane to just come out of the sky and land. And since then, there have been um, a few. I, I say a few, but like, there's really two. There's there's been two expeditions by a private company. That so the Malaysian go- government paid for their own expedition. But they're searching, I mean, they're searching an area. What they said was, even if they pinpointed it to where they thought, mm-hmm. it's it's the size of the state of Minnesota. Right, and it's super deep right there. Even if they pinpointed exactly where, where it was. But this one company, this American company, um, they said that they'll go find it. And the the government of Malaysia said okay fine we're not paying for it unless you find it if you find it we'll pay for it 
basically so they kind of set up their own expedition to go out and look for it but they have been unsuccessful and they're going to try again um but they haven't done their final they're going to try one more time and they haven't done that yet as of today um in 2022 but as far as anybody knows anything like that's gone on with this plane there aren't a whole lot of facts there's a lot of theories there's a ton of conspiracy theories and we'll go over those next um but from what I heard too that like they did so much data collection searching for it that they actually had like usable data that they could donate to all these um oceanic places that that research ocean floor and stuff because they they did so much mapping Right, and then, that they had viable information, even though it wasn't for their use, you know. So there's a cool. da- there's a Dateline Australia, mm-hmm. and they because like you said, it's off. A lot of people believe it's off the coast of Perth, mm-hmm. and it might sound weird. They would take off from Malaysia and end up going south into <laughs> towards Antarctica. That is weird. Um, but a lot of them think after all this data was gathered that they do have an idea where it is and they think it's, you know, off the coast of Australia. Yeah, and and they, you know, Australia had, I think, four passengers on the plane. There was four Australian passengers on the plane. So they had a vested interest immediately. Right. So they, 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 they were the ones doing a lot of the pushing too. So if a lot of things that happened, a lot of the searches that went on, it was due to Australia's push to find out what happened to their four citizens that were on the, on that plane. Cause there was a lot of bouncing around with Malaysia and Indonesia and different, all the different, you know, Vietnam, all these countries that got ended up being involved, even China. Because well, we just picked up. Um, we were talking about this the other day. We just picked up Singapore as a listener, so that's that's right there in the Malay Peninsula. Singapore's at the end of it, and that Singapore is like the country that never wanted to be a country in the first place. It's like the <laughs> only country that never wanted to be a country in the first place. It just kind of <laughs> happened, and now they're like super successful. All right, <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude. If you see like. If you see like the pictures of like their city, dude, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's like it looks crazy like, rich like the Jets. The movie yeah. was based off of Singapore agents, right? <laughs> they, got, I they send it. their kids to British boarding schools and stuff. Sure, <laughs> they do. They like they they're Asians speak with a British accent. <laughs> it's off, but. But yeah, that's it, and that's that's that. Why Singapore was even a country, though, lends to kind of the climate of that area, where um, Singapore believed that. If I have it right, and I, you know, if I have the right of it, Singapore, the people in the area of Singapore, they were part of a federation of a bunch of countries in the Malay Peninsula, or a bunch of territories there, and they thought that Malay. The Malayan um, uh, indigenous had should have like more rights and better rights and affirmative action over other like Chinese Malays. <laughs> so 
so there was like a lot of tension there over that and they actually got kicked out of their federation became their own country but but that that that's that tension that was going on in that that area throughout it's like history so all right well let's uh let's go over a few of the some of the theories that people have and then we'll see what we think Uh, what the one was to me was an obvious one, and maybe it's you know I just because I've heard stories from you know my wife's her friends. Um, I thought it was the pilot. I thought some they had to look at the pilot, and they did. Yes, they, cool. they did look at him extensively. Um, his name was. Zahari Ahmad Shaw. Mm-hmm. Um, he had so he lived in like a gated community. Super experienced pilot. Tons of hours, like eighteen thousand yeah. hours. Eighteen thousand, yeah, eighteen thousand yeah, right. logged hours. And they said he was like super well respected as far as like his judgment calls and like uh, decision making and everything. They said he was super well respected for that. So he had. Um, a simulator in his house and they went over the simulator and I guess there was there was um, not a, not the exact flight pattern but like some some sort of similar flight to what the path that they did mm-hmm. um, in this when after all the data was gathered and everything kind of what the theory they came up with um, he sort of had it wasn't the exact flight path but some something similar to that so um, the reason a lot of people have sort of pointed to him that this was some kind of murder suicide was that he was in uh, a lot of people called it they, they didn't say he was going through a divorce but they said that he was in like a bad marriage and mm-hmm. him and his wife lived apart. They lived in separate residence. Um, and he had kind of been like on social media. Um, I don't know. He well, he had a he had some political ties, right? Right. But he. I guess well back to his marriage though, they said that he had like slept with some of the flight attendants and mm-hmm. uh, like this was kind of like his part of like his unraveling but you're right he did have was it his brother-in-law yeah his... it was like a, it was a it was like a brother-in-law that was um, a known political face I was trying to look and that guy up. so his brother-in-law had gotten in trouble and he oh yeah he for, sodomy. for sodomy yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. you know I mean politicians right yeah <laughs> they always got something where something doesn't belong <laughs> um some of his contemporaries say that he was battling um like a depression 
uh, he wasn't happy about his marriage. Then, you know, they said that, you know, he was political, but he wasn't. Like, he had no sort of office. There's a lot of people saying that that arrest got him very upset. Right. And there's a shirt that he's wearing that says, Democracy's dead. Um, But they've looked into him a lot. Mm -hmm. And they won't name him as like a person of interest. Because they're saying they're they're the the theory is is that because of this arrest that he did this in political protests, that he deliberately drove the plane in the wrong direction, turned off all its instruments while they were in flight and and then sailed them out in the middle of nowhere and until they ran out of fuel. Right. And he was doing it as a protest against the arrest of his brother-in-law. So, I didn't know this until after we did it, but another sort of conspiracy that's not really a conspiracy, it's more like a blunder of errors, is that every country didn't want to tell the other country information they had based on the heading and the location of where the plane was because they didn't want other countries to know their capability. Right. So that's a huge problem. Yeah, and that was like one of the things they said when they were digging through, even with those communications with uh, the Vietnamese, like you said, they, they, they found just dozens of communication errors on both sides. Like now, it seemed like every communication that happened with that flight, there was log and flight errors and all kinds of stuff that was wrong that they weren't. And it's probably the nature. It's it's just the nature of geography of where it's at too. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a really not contested. But it's not like as bad as like the Middle East, but it's close. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of bad blood there, especially a, with there. A, a lot of people don't like Chinese. They, right? They don't. I mean, there's a, a lot there's of a lot of micro nations too that like you know the the a ton of cues they'll have. You know, one person in power and then another mm-hmm. and another person comes to power. There's a really good Owen Wilson movie, um, Amanda Peets in it. And I forget what it's called, but he's like a he's like a infrastructure guy. He like brings water to to like neighborhoods and stuff. Mm-hmm. And when he's there, there's a coup, and there's the government falls when he's there. Yeah, and dude, it's chaos because they're just killing people like left and right. Mm-hmm. So this is sort of that area of the world. But before we go any farther, we should say that they have found debris, so they know at least that the plane has broken up in some way or another, and it's not like in a hangar intact. Right? Yes, they've definitely found parts of the plane, and they've been found in different locations in different countries. Right. So that that at, when we're like what we're talking about when we're talking about how the countries are hiding stuff from each other and they're not talking to each other properly. At least you know that part's true because they're all reporting different pieces of the plane found. So and they have they have like serial numbers on them and sure yeah it's all trackable and yep. Yeah. 
Okay, so one theory is that it was the Russians. Yeah. Uh, yep. li- Which like is Vlad- not unheard of. I mean, they have no? been known to shoot some planes down. <laughs> they have. <clears throat> they shot a Malaysian plane down not that long before this happened. Right. So. Um, and I never, I never did get a reason why the Russians did, but like, apparently it had to do with crossing space and misunderstanding and mm-hmm. but they also say that one, one theory is we shot it down yep as part of like um, a Malaysian exercise we accidentally shot it down yeah and covered it up um, by saying by you know uh, not Admitting all the data that we found and and not um, you know telling everything that we knew about it. Okay, another thing involving us is that we shot it down because it was hot. We thought it was hijacked. Yeah. Um. Again, this isn't none of this. This was this was with Thailand and and it was a U.S. Thai joint jet fighters that happened to be in that area and they believed uh, or it's believed as a theory that mm-hmm. um, we shot it down out of safety mm-hmm. so because yeah, when a plane turns off its transponders and and starts heading in the wrong direction people park up um, a lot of, so there were batteries on this do you know about this no. The lithium ion batteries. Uh-uh. Um, so a lot of people, uh, well, not a lot of people, but this one guy claims that because there were these batteries on the plane, um, it's it was shot down because these they were special lithium ion batteries and they were in the cargo. And I don't know what mm. they were used for, but it was like... A, it was like a co- it was like a top secret um, cargo that had to be shipped, and there wasn't a whole lot of people that knew about it, but they were there, and some people think it was shot down because of that. So, one thing about lithium ion batteries is that if they get punctured or something, they they can explode. Like your phone, it's got two layers, and if that if the the lithium is punctured and it leaks through, that's why certain cell phones would blow up sometimes back in the day. Yeah, if they were like charging when they were under a pillow or something. (laughs) Right, right. Or if they snap in a certain way, you can you can actually get them to like explode. Hmm. Um, another one was that the plane wasn't good to begin with. And yeah. this was, this is a lot, the, the reason people kind of think this is a conspiracy is that, you know, Malaysian Air doesn't want that out. That the plane needed maintenance and it was human error on behalf of like the airline where they let something slide. Um, and didn't take care of it because 
every time, and you can see this if you ever fly, just before your flight goes out, if you, if you could see your plane come in and people get off that plane, watch it and you'll see, dude, every time, at least here, <laughs> yeah, the pilots get out and they walk, even the, even the giant planes, they'll walk the entire thing and there's a group of mechanics that are doing the same thing and they'll go check different parts of the plane that you have to check every time. Mm-hmm. And from it, what I understand, this pilot would have been one of those guys. He is, right. So, and you, yeah, more so like you don't want to take something up in the air that's not airworthy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I mean, there's a, even to fly like the little Cessnas, you don't just jump in, throw the keys in, mm-hmm. fire up the engines and go. You can. You in the zombie apocalypse, you do, but. <laughs> you shouldn't. There's like a there's like a manual that's in the back of the seat pocket or in the glove compartment. There's there's a spot for it. And it's got a checklist and the Cesta has a checklist of like 25 things that you go over. And you know, one of the one of the things with the John F Kennedy crash, John F Kennedy Jr is that he didn't set his altimeter, so he didn't know how high he was. And he was he wasn't um, versed in flying on instruments alone. He was he could fly off sight, and ultimately he got lost and know where he was in in the air because you're in a 3D plane. You don't know where, you, you know you you literally fly blind. Right. So like, you know, all of a sudden the water's there. Uh oh, do you don't have time? <laughs> you know. <laughs> To pull up or get out of it in the crash. <laughs> yeah, and well, and even water is really hard to spot. Like it, it seems stupid to say, but if you're it's pointed, black. if you're pointed straight down at the at the water and it's nighttime, you, it might as well just be the rest of the sky reflecting the sky. So, right. I mean, you have a you have even even the bigger you have lights, but I mean. It's not like driving, you know. Mm-hmm. There's not reflectors in the air. There's not, you know. Right. If you've ever driven like on a back road, you know, like sometimes it's so dark, your dimmers, you know, you're actually your speedometer will blind you, and you have to like dim your yeah. interior lights because you can't see. Right. It, that's what it's like on a plane. So you have to learn to fly with, you know, your instruments. And if you're not versed in doing that, or something's wrong or the plane has a problem yeah that's a problem mm-hmm. so the stowaway was we kind of went over that briefly that there was a stowaway on the plane and the plane may have been hijacked right um I've never come across like a concrete theory about why they believe this um but there was <coughs> an, me, an engineer that claimed there was like a 14th load. And I don't know what that means. But uh, like somebody had, you know, gotten into the cargo bay. And, uh, and hit out until they were up in the air. And then it became like a hostage situation. Hmm. All right. So the other thing is that. There, it was a ghost plane, and a ghost plane is that um, 
there's like a decompression. So I do know this. When you're on a long flight like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we flew to Amsterdam. And we were we had we had like really kick ass seats because she, you know, she used to fly, and we had like the pod where it's like a whole. It's like you can lay flat out on your back. Oh and, yeah, and sleep, and then you have a TV and whatever. Okay, well, there's that, and then next to those, so those are all in the middle, and next to those, they have little. Apartments, the wrong word, but it's like <laughs> it's like the size of like a like a a small walk-in closet, right? Like it's I don't know, it's six by eight, and it's got like a um, a sheet around it, like a shower curtain almost, mm-hmm. and. On the long flights, the pilots will go back there. So, like, one guy will fly, and the other guy will go back there and sleep. They'll catch, like, you know, a couple hours. So that one guy's not, like, you know, trying to do the whole thing by yourself. Because it is nerve-wracking. It's like working straight concentration with 200 people's lives, you know, know, on your on your conscience uh, the whole time and that's that's nerve wracking yeah and so they'll have like a rotation of guys that you know a couple guys will go back or get sleep and then you know the pilot will come back up and he's like refreshed the co-pilot will go back he'll sleep they'll come back up and so like it's kind of like a shift so one one idea is that it was like a ghost plane and a lot of people think Captain Shaw like the captain was actually on break, like when all this is going down, mm. and that um, the co-pilot, a guy named Abdul Hamid, was actually alive. He was actually the only guy alive because there was a rapid decompression in the main cabin, and instantly everybody died for whatever reason. Um, they're off. They're Again, they don't have the black boxes. They can't tell if the oxygen masks were deployed. Right. But but this does happen. There was that golfer. <clears throat> it's got uh, a hypoxia, right? Um, yes. Yeah, so there was... Who was the golfer? Payne, was it Payne Stewart? Is that his name? Yeah. He was flying, and that happened to them. And they were in a plane. And they actually had fighter jets because they weren't answering. Mm-hmm. And the fighter jets went up, and they could tell everybody in the cockpit was out. Yeah. And the plane was on autopilot, so they kind of charted where it was going to go down, because they contemplated shooting it down. But they kind of calculated where it was going down, and it was in a super rural area with basically no houses. And uh, they let it go down. But yeah, that's, I mean... That is something that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> North Korea, my favorite country, <laughs> is another, <laughs> and that's, that's <coughs> not another theory that they went in and they shot it down. Um, the only reason that doesn't really make sense is because it was on its way to. 
<clears throat> Beijing, and the, the majority of the people on the plane were Chinese. Yeah. Um, Snowden is another thing where he said um, there were these the the engineer the the Americans that were on the plane were engineers. They all made these semiconductor chips. Mm-hmm. And um, it was uh, it was it had to do with some sort of huge contract. And these guys were like the ones that developed it. The only thing with that one is whenever they have like a group of people that do something super, super important, don't they usually have a lone survivor situation where they'll keep one of the guys? You know what I mean? Right. (laughs) Somebody's always going to be in in charge. There's always a fallback plan. Yeah, or that one guy will go ahead of the other guys. Like, they're not Mm -hmm. always flying all together. Right. Um, Of course, some people think it's in the Cambodian jungle because, of course, Google Maps. Um, There's a firm that said that they... Had located it somehow in um, on Google Maps, um, and then the final one that I have is that the Prime Minister of Malaysia, um, his name, and I don't know how to say this, Mahathir, Mahathir yeah. Mohammed, he, without really saying it, said the CIA did it. He said yeah. <laughs> like. Planes just don't go disappearing. You that's know, a, that's an easy one to do, though, isn't it? You yeah, blame the American CIA for everything. Then, but he, it would be like, you know what? You're probably right. And he kind of pointed to the lack of evidence offered up by the United States. He's like, you know, they have the most sophisticated surveillance in the world, but like, you know. Maybe with all the, all this storage, <laughs> right? And uh, just for whatever reason, there's no satellite pictures or radio communication. <laughs> right? You guys aren't doing anything in that area. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but he never really elaborated on that, or never really said um, anything about that. The, so, some people think it crashed in Kazakhstan. Um. Yeah, I heard that one a few times. With the that it, it, it was, it was even like in a hangar in Kazakhstan. Like they landed right. it and everything. And this was like, a, um, a, they don't know if it's like a a prearranged meeting or they were actually on their way there. And it would make sense because it's in that direction. Um. But of course, there's nothing concrete that says that they they did land there. But you know, it's it's not a country that um, we actually have um, a relationship like that with. Like Turkmenistan is a little bit better, but I don't know if you know anything about that country. That country's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like you're only allowed to have white cars. It's, super rich like 
Um, <laughs> like it's super clean. There's nobody lives there. All the buildings are white. Uh, they have they're they're rich in like natural gas, so they're like loaded. They have tons of money. You're not allowed to have a cat. You can have dogs, but it has to be a certain kind of dog. Like the president makes you read this book about how to be a gentleman. You can. <laughs> That's crazy. It is weird, and then you can only drink his vodka. It's bizarre. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much all I have for um, the conspiracy theories. Did you hear any other ones? No, those are the ones I heard too. And I didn't hear anything, anything else that was like viable. So the sources that I have, well, them, you know, I mean, I, I definitely heard that there, there was aliens, but. We're no, right. But nobody gave anything that was like even worth investigating. You know, it was just kind of a if aliens did it, we wouldn't even understand. So it's like, oh well that's an easy escape. Right. Um, um so Okay, so I I I, I watched all the datelines on this. Right. Mm-hmm. I watched several news, um, just on all the every news thing you can watch about it on YouTube. <clears throat> um, of course, I consulted Wikipedia, read up on all the conspiracy theory websites. Um, now there was, I mean, and like we talked about it. Now the only thing that was different was that there was a couple people from Australia, including a pilot named Mike Glenn, that right. is. He's pretty convinced that it was an act by the pilot. According to him, the only way that like some of these time frames and like stuff would make sense because like one of them, you know, the hypoxia thing came up with the decompression of it. And it could have been this small unforeseen opening that that decompressed the cabin s- slowly. Cause that happens too, where it happens so slowly they did. You start to have like hallucinations and stuff, but you don't sure. realize what's going on until it's too late. So they, those have been talked about, but to for that length of time for that event to be occurring, for them to be doing that seven or eight hours of just flying out into the ocean, um, somebody you'd think somebody would have to be awake. Yeah. At some point, because it's a lot of flying, it's a lot of calculation, it's a lot of plane and the uh, operation. So, this is another like weird little twist. The co-pilot was like super religious, took his job really serious. His uh, it was his last flight before being tested as a pilot, um, and his like really good childhood friend is like. Like J-Lo in Malaysia? She's like... <laughs> she's like a singer. Okay. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, no way. He didn't... There's no way he was part of that. He's just a really easygoing guy. Um, as far as really... being a planned thing to, like, right. down the plane, yeah. But then they went... They kind of went... They, she said he's really, like, by the book, and, you know... This isn't his mo, but then they they came up. You know, he, he, they had shorties in the, in the cockpit. 
<laughs> they they found pictures of like him with girls in the cockpit where they let him come up and take pictures like the old days where they let you know. right um, which of course <clears throat> is really frowned upon now and probably get you suspended um, but they did you know find evidence that he you know every once in a while he lets it slip and loosens his tie a little bit mm-hmm. alright let's get into what we think okay All right. Um, do you want to go? Or do you want me to go? Um, I can go first because, like, I'm still. I, I honestly, there's still stuff coming out about this. This, I mean, like, very recently, new discoveries have been made. So, like, they were they were doing this thing where they doing ham radio operators. Mm-hmm. They 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 test their signal strengths. So they they send out you know message anybody reading me and then somebody says yeah and then they log the distance of where they're at and how far they broadcast. Well, I, these signals get disrupted when they found out recently that when airplane flies through that signal broadcast, it disrupts it. It changes the signal, and so they can tell when a plane uh, flew through it. That's interesting. So they picked up. The Malaysian flight. They picked up disruptance. They, yeah, disturbance. They, they can the... track. They can track. They they track them that what they believe was that Malaysian flight going across the the ocean, and they believe now that they have more pinpoint accurate um, measurements. There's there's guys out there right now. But there's a lot of Australians. There's guys out there right now that claim they know exactly where to go. So I on the yeah on the um, Dateline Australia, mm-hmm. they they interviewed like five guys. They're like, I know exactly where it's at. Yeah, they're like they were too north or you know they didn't go. Yeah, far they were enough. saying one guy gave exact the exact coordinates. Yeah, and that's what he, he said. He said it's right here. And then when they looked up those exact coordinates, it was just like a slightly out of the uh, search parameter. Yes, I saw that. Okay. So, and that's, and that's fairly, that's really recent. So it's like, but, the, but does that explain why it was there? It doesn't. And that's, that's the thing. It's just like, it's but if they can get in there and find the black box and all that stuff, it might, it, you know, that's probably going to answer a lot of questions. So, so I, but I, I like as I thought at first, I was on the, the kind of the hypoxia train, where the cabin decompressed and me too, and they they started hallucinating and he was he was having trouble pinpointing where he was at. But I don't know if that would explain them turning off the the transponder. Trans- yeah. yeah. So I, it, and then then they then to hear how adamant like um, some of these people were about it being Pil- like pilots. the pilot yeah, the pilot yeah. saying um, he was doing this as a as a political act that 
that it was one of those things where it got real sensitive because of the timing that they were like, you're only saying that because he's Muslim. And, and he, he you know, and none of them kind of disbanded the whole idea of it being because he was Muslim, but, you know, but they were saying that, that that's what they were kind of going after him for, but they were saying we have plenty of proof that shows that he wasn't happy at all about this thing that was happening about this uh, sodomy charge and that he was very 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 upset about it but he was a, he was a family guy just I don't know I mean not that that would change anything for somebody that's super dedicated to the cause or whatever but I, I don't know it just doesn't seem right he, he had like daughters and a wife and I yeah, he, I don't know if you just get so upset that you're like, I'm going to throw my life away. And uh, if it was a protest, doesn't it seem like you would want people to know it was a protest or it's kind of a fucking wasted protest, right? I agree. <laughs> I agree. You go, you go throw your fit on the ground, slam your fists on the ground and crying and there's nobody around. You're, <laughs> you're not I, doing to- I totally agree. Like if you're not, if you're not, um, and that's part of my problem with it is that nobody claimed it. Right. And it, it just, it, you'd think there would have been a call in and sometime when he checked in with people, he would have said something. There would have been some, you know, or maybe there was like something left behind. But after they, like you said, they searched all through his life and stuff and they didn't find anything that said, hey, I'm going to do this. And they also it. looked into both pilots. To make mm-hmm. sure that they didn't, um, you know, conspire to work together. Right. They have a history beyond, before this and then try and get back together again. Right. Yeah. Sorry. So, I, I'm, I'm still with the hypoxia thing for right now until you know more because the hijacking thing just doesn't seem... Uh, nobody claimed it. Nobody was saying anything. Even when we had the one the event here in 9-11, you know, you got reports from like people calling in. We're like, we're going to take the plane back, blah, blah, blah. So you knew why that plane went down. They also had, they also had phones on the plane. Yeah. So they don't have that now, but. They do. They do have Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Sure, you can get. You can um, order it with your plane ticket now. Now, some of the some of the people have said they were able to call their relatives four days after. Um, you know, their phones would just ring. Mm-hmm. And some, it's because the carrier said they just used like a ghost ring. Mm-hmm. If, if a phone's trying to connect but yeah I mean not one person said anything yeah it, 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 you, you would think with like an event where they were like wanting to hijack it or you were making especially with the statement like the political statement they were trying to go with it just seems like you would get more of a I don't know I'm doing this or I did this or this is why I'm doing this Mm-hmm. And not because then otherwise, what the hell good did it do? So, 
but it, but there's a lot of people that are convinced that that's what's going on that that's what happened that it was the pilot did this by choice on purpose and I just I'm not, I can't wrap my head around it yet I, I, maybe yeah I'll, I'll have to watch a little bit more of some of the new stuff that's come out recently because there's going to be some more circuits understand that that are going to pop up here real soon so i am all for the decompression theory my only problem with that is that why did it why did it get so far off course and why did why did why did it make so many different maneuvers before it ended up on its because i mean it couldn't have gone in a more opposite direction yeah, it did a lot of funky maneuvering right at the beginning until right. it got over open ocean, and then it was just a straight shot down for a while. And they, so the, it did. Now, here's the thing that they said, like, and I don't know if this was like, I don't know what this is, but on the ham radio um, disturbances, at the end of it, they pick up because it go. It, if you watch the flight, it's going straight south, and that's when they kind of lose it. Right. And they're saying that it, it could have been in this area and that's where the search area went. Well, on that ham radio signal, at the very end, it does this little turnaround hooky loop thing before it stops. Hmm. It does like a complete like 180 almost, and it looked like. It does this real little weird turn at the end. So it did some kind of maneuver at the end also, hmm. which, is, which is odd, you know what I mean? It might have been like he maybe he had just enough air to like realize what was going on and try and make one last ditch effort to save it or something. I don't right. know. But you'd think you'd turn on your communication. But I guess if, like they said, it's a hypocrisy event. You mean to like you're hallucinating and you're yeah, you're out of your and, mind. Yeah, so you could you could be like somebody could be standing next to you going, you got to turn off your transponder and that person not even be there or even saying that and you just turn it off because you, you're hallucinating. Hmm. So you're going with decompression right now. Yeah. I think, I think it's very much still open for debate. And like, like I said, there's, there's stuff coming out. I think we're going to get some more information here. Not, not pretty soon. I I think, I think there's going to be, there's a few more looks going on and once they get some people to go in to check these pinpoint accurate spots they're talking about you know because it sounds simple it's like well if you know it's right there then do it well that still costs a lot of money you got to get a crew the water's thousands of feet deep at that point the area they're talking about i think it ranges from like six to eight thousand feet deep i mean that's yeah, that's, I mean, it's a that's, mile deep. Yeah, that's crazy. So, so it's not like you can just go, even if you're like, I know it's right here, to get to right there in the ocean is a mother. So, it's a monumental task. So, <clears throat> I think we're going to find some stuff out, and I, I, I hope they do, because I know there's a lot of people out there that still want answers because their family was on board and stuff. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I think hypoxia is the most likely for me right now I don't I don't I don't think the hijacking thing holds water too much the hijacking thing for me doesn't so okay you're going with decompression I, I, I think I'm, it is yeah I, I'm, I'm I pretty much agree with you the only my only issue is at the beginning 
Yeah. So maybe it was a hijacking, or maybe he did decide to, like, you know, make this a murder-suicide, and before that could be established or he could take credit for it, there was some kind of event that could cause decompression. Like, maybe somebody fired a couple rounds off and, Mm -hmm. you know... When that lady... There was a lady that... She got sucked out of the Southwest plane. <laughs> what Remember that? The, the yeah, uh, they ended up. Are you talking up. about the world record for living? No, I, oh, I love, I love that, that girl. That, I love that crazy. Girl. That is crazy. This this lady, they had a faulty window. It broke. It broke out during flight <laughs> on a Southwest flight. She literally got sucked out. Wow. But they they caught her and they pulled her in. And they used a bunch of like stuff to like to like cover the window because it it will do that. Mm-hmm. It'll like it'll you know it'll take all the air out of the plane. Yeah, you'll that, all start suffocating. Yeah, and so maybe there was a hijack situation, and that's kind of why they did make the maneuvers at first. And by the time maybe there was a struggle, and they put maybe they told them that they were. Heading the way they're supposed to be heading, knowing the whole time they were just heading out in the open ocean. Maybe, or or maybe there was a fight and they, you know, and it was a ghost plane situation where like nobody's behind the wheel and they're just you know flying. But yeah, maybe maybe they were. But I, it's it had to be something like that because there's all these funky there's all these funky maneuvers in the beginning, and then it's just cruise control, you know. Mm-hmm. Until it crashes, quote unquote, or is lost, uh, the transponder is the big thing for me because you wouldn't turn that off. Well, first, I don't think you're—I don't, I don't want to say you're not allowed, but right, I don't think you're allowed. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know all the aviation rules, especially in that part of the world. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, but I'm. Because you're going to be dealing with like different governments all the time because they're all around each other. Right. Um, but it seems like that would be a big, you know, no, no, because you go you invisible. Know, you're invisible, right? And who knows where you're going? Yep. Yeah. All right. So I think we're probable that it was a rapid decompression of some kind, whether it was brought on by a hijacking or like a faulty plane or something happened and and they were just delirious that caused them to kind of go on that flight path that's kind of where we're at right yeah i think so i mean it's it's a real erratic flight pattern it's like it makes you think that they weren't in their right mind right something was going on yeah because if if you're doing something even when you're like we were talking if you're doing like a hijacking or something like that or some political thing you you would think you would have a set plan that would involve a set set of directions and it wouldn't involve you doing all these weird maneuvers where you go north and south and east and west, you know what I mean? And then, yeah. then turn all the way around and then head completely the wrong direction. Right. It, it, it's, it's, it's like, a, it's like manic. It's weird. It doesn't make any sense. So it doesn't make any sense to me that you would hijack a plane without like a plan you know what I mean yeah I do so 
you would think you'd want to take that plane and put it somewhere that would cause damage or or declare something and say, you know, screw everybody and just buried in the water. It doesn't make right. sense that it would be like a hijacking where you So if you're if you're listening, go go look this up and you can look at that flight path. And you'll see what we're talking about at the beginning of the flight, that it's it's real erratic and weird and it doesn't make a lot of sense. And can't really make heads or tails of it. And that doesn't sound like a calculated hijacking. It doesn't to me. No. Well, it sounds like either it started off that way and then became like a, a decompression. Event right, after yeah. That. yeah. Right. Which is possible. That's still possible, too, that, that something happened and then they tried to regain control, thought they were in control, and really they were hallucinating and they weren't going the right way. And maybe they realized it and they tried to fix it and then the hallucinations kicked back in and, you know what I mean? Yeah. They lost track of what they were doing. It definitely looks erratic and like that the person that was doing it wasn't in complete control of their senses. Uh, all right, so we're probable. Hey, so we should probably give a shout out to our two new countries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Cutter, that's how you say it, right? Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I got I was arguing with a guy I used to work with cuz he was in the um, he was in the navy and he mm-hmm. he was he was in there in in Cutter. And I always I heard it as Cutter, but he says they say Cutter. He did it like really Qatar. Qatar. Okay. Yeah. And it, so they say Qatar. I don't know. They say it with an accent. I say Qatar. So I don't. Do we have Singapore last time too? So, uh, I, I shouted out to Singapore. We didn't. We, we, we've recently picked up a Singapore listener and, and, and Hungary. And Hungary. Yeah. We love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so we're on YouTube now. Um, yes, and it's pretty cool. And soon, I don't know when, we should work on a simulcast at some point. Yes, um, I'm excited to do that. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm still, we're still working on the technical part of that, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's that is something we can do relatively soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, stay tuned because we have merch. Merch is coming. Yeah. So you can get your, that too. your Black Pyramid of Alaska, your Area 52, and your Bob Lazar shirts. Right. All for our website. All for our little weirdos. <laughs> 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 All right, well, I, th- I don't know if we solved it, but I think we came up with a logical conclusion this week. Yeah, I think somebody else solved it, but they <laughs> we're, we're we'll know out. about it. all right well i'm anthony i'm brandon and this is everything that's weird for show notes and merchandise go to www.everythingthatsweird.com follow us on instagram and twitter and be sure to like subscribe and review anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. See you next time.